Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you have never been to church, walked away from church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. Right now, big things are going on at Collective as we are finishing the work on our own 24-7 space with the plan to be open by Easter. Until then, you can continue to check us out on Facebook at My Collective Church on Sunday mornings at 9.25 a.m. for Collective Online. We'd love for you to join us. God is moving at Collective and in the city of Frederick, so stay tuned so you can be up to date on what's going on and how you can be involved with what's next at Collective. Now, let's get into today's message. Happy New Year, Collective. Thank you for kicking off 2021 with us. As you can see, I am in a new place today. For the last nine months, we've been filming in an incredible location downtown known as the GOG. But today, I'm filming in the KSU Fifth Room in our new church home. And like I said last Sunday, over the next few weeks, you're going to see me, our band, and our host in different locations. And that's because we are in the home stretch of finishing up our space. We still have a few really big weeks ahead of us, and teams will be working nonstop this month to try and get everything complete. But if everything continues to go according to plan, we will have some big announcements coming up at the end of this month. So stay tuned over the next few weeks. So I love winning. And when I say I love winning, I mean I love winning. If there's something that can be remotely competitive, I want to win. Like Vince Lombardi said, winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. Or George Steinbrenner, winning is the most important thing in my life after breathing. Breathing first, winning second. Or Kobe Bryant, winning takes precedence overall. There's no gray area, no almost. Or Ricky Bobby, if you ain't first, you're last. You get my point. To give a little context to this, when I was a junior in college, I was home for Christmas break. And for some reason, my family thought it would be a good idea to play a board game together because my sister had received Disney Seen It for Christmas. Do y'all remember the Seen It games? Seen It were an interactive game that used trivia cards and DVD clips to ask questions about movies, pop culture, or specific things like sports and Disney. And just so you know, I didn't grow up in a board game family. And the reason we were not a board game family is because every time we had played a board game together growing up, it ended with yelling, crying, and someone storming off. But for some reason, my family thought this night would be different because it was Christmas. You see where this is going, don't you? Gathered around a coffee table, the game started with me, my siblings, and my sister-in-law each taking a turn. And of course, I took the lead, which was to be expected. But then... My little sister took a turn and missed her question. But instead of going on to the next person, my sister-in-law decided to give her another turn and then another. And this didn't stop until she got the question right. And I didn't like this. I didn't care that it was her game. I didn't care that she was 11 years old and I was 21. I didn't care that she didn't know anything about Snow White or Dumbo. That's her problem, not mine. We still had the VHS tapes and she could have watched them to prepare for this moment. But in an attempt to not ruin the game, I kept my mouth shut. But then it happened again. She missed her question and everyone gave her another chance to get it right. And I flipped out. I was just about to win the game and they were letting her catch up to me and I wasn't going to lose to my little sister. 
So when they gave her another chance to answer the question, I answered it before she could and everyone got mad, but I didn't care. In fact, when they asked her another question to make up for the one that I just answered, I answered that one before she could as well because I wanted to win. And then everyone in my family turned against me. So I flipped the table over and stormed out of the house. Okay, the last part didn't actually happen, but I did quit playing because they kept giving her extra chances and I'm not down for that. And listen, you can judge me all you want and you can think when your girls get older, you'll give them extra chances, but I won't. I decided early on that I was gonna be the dad that swats the ball away from my kids when they bring that weak stuff up to the rim. All right, all right. I know that you might not feel the same way that I do about winning. You might not be competitive the way that I am. And that's totally fine. I don't understand it, but it's fine. But what I do know is that nobody wants to lose. Nobody wants to set goals that they fail to reach. Nobody wants to get to a point where they stop growing or improving or taking next steps in their life. Nobody wants to be bad at the things that are important to them. And that's why we're starting a brand new series today called How to Win. Every January, we try to kick off the year with a series that will help you in the year to come. Because many of you are taking time this week to start resolutions, to set some goals, to create new opportunities, to get better at something, to grow in an area of your life, to have a better 2021 than 2020. So we want to help you do that. We want to help you win. And I don't actually mean in the competitive sense, but in the sense that we want to help you grow and get better at the things that matter the most. So over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about small changes that you can make in your life, which will lead to a better year. And we're going to gain wisdom from the Bible when it comes to our relationships, our health, our money, and our faith. And I believe that if you take to heart the teaching from this series and actually apply it to your life, you will have a better 2021. And you will start to win in the areas of your life that we're going to talk about this month. And if you don't believe me, if you are skeptical, that's fine, but you should give it a shot and try to prove me wrong. And connected to this series, we'll be starting something that we're really excited about. Uh, now that we have our own 24-7 space, we're going to kick off a few new groups that we're calling pop-up collectives. Pop-up collectives are special groups that have a specific topic or theme and meet for a set amount of weeks. And this January, we're kicking off three of these groups that we will believe will help you take what we are teaching in this series and actually put some action to it. So check this out. On January 19th, we're starting a yoga and prayer group that will meet at the building at 7.30 a.m. on Tuesday and run for five weeks. Each week will be between 30 and 45 minutes and will be a way for you to build prayer, rest, and some peace into your life. On January 23rd and 25th, we're hosting something called Next. This is a small two-hour group that's led by me and the staff. And it's all about giving you an opportunity to learn more about Collective and who we are as a church. But more importantly, giving you a chance to take a next step here and become a part of this wonderful community. And there's two time slots for that. So you only have to sign up for one, whichever one works best for you. And lastly, we'll be kicking off our fourth round of Financial Peace University. This group is for anyone who is struggling to be in control of their finances and feels like they need help getting out of debt, 
or being generous or even just planning a budget. To do that, you can click on pop-up collectives in the app or check the box on your connection card for Join a Collective and we will follow up with you this week and help you get plugged in. Now I wanna do a little poll and I wanna know where you are at when it comes to New Year's resolutions or setting goals for this year. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to click on the heart emoji if you have made a resolution for this year or set a goal that you hope to achieve in 2021. I want you to click on the thumbs up emoji if you haven't really set a specific goal, but you are hoping that 2021 is a year where you grow in an area or two of your life. And I want you to click on the laughing emoji if you don't have any goals or resolutions and you're just kind of hoping that 2021 doesn't suck. Go ahead and do that. No matter where you are when it comes to resolutions and goals for this year, Here's my challenge for you today. I want to challenge you to walk away ready to set goals. And if you're not a goal person, I want you to really wrestle with the idea of setting a few goals this year based on what we're gonna talk about in this series. And if you are a goal person, I want you to wrestle with shifting some of them or setting additional goals for this year. Because my hope is that over the next few weeks, we can help you figure out what big goals you want to set this year and what small actions that you can take to help accomplish them. Now, when it comes to goals, one thing that's really important to note is that success is up to you. It really is. This is why one of our values at Collective is own your growth. So the first takeaway for today is that growth is optional. Growth is optional. You have a choice to grow, to improve, to take next steps or not. No one else can do it for you. Your parents can't do it for you. Your boss can't do it for you. I can't do it for you. I can't make you grow. If I could, I would. If I could take action for you, I absolutely would. Seriously, I would give everything I have short of my own family for you to follow Jesus and to trust him enough to allow his teaching into your life so you can see growth in your faith, in your friendships, in your giving, in your patience, and so much more. But I can't. Your life is your life. Your faith is your faith. Your growth is your growth. And you have to own it. And the promise that we make to you at Collective is that we'll do everything we can to help you with that. We will create community where that can happen. We'll challenge you weekly on Sunday mornings. We'll give you the tools and support that you need, but you have to make the choice because growth is optional. You have to take the step. You have to own your growth. You have to choose to grow. I don't expect you to walk away today knowing what your goals will be for this year. Although I suspect that some of you have already figured this out. But today is all about setting the tone for the rest of the series and getting you non-goal people to start thinking about the goals for this year so that you can grow. Jesus says in John 10, 10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Another translation says it like this. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And there's a paraphrase in the message that says this. I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. So here's the point. Whether it's life to the fullest or an abundant life, or a better life than what we dreamed of, that is what Jesus wants for us. That is what Jesus wants for you. So I want you to write this down. Take a screenshot of this because this is really important. 
And some of you have never heard this before, or ever even thought about this, but here's the second takeaway for today. Jesus wants you to win. Jesus wants you to win. And I'm not talking about winning seen it against your sister or your favorite team winning the championship. I'm not sure Jesus cares enough about those things to dictate how they go. Speaking as a Washington football fan, that's clearly true. What I'm talking about is in your life. Jesus wants you to win at life and live the best life possible. And the Bible is actually full of teaching that science and psychology both back up that will help you live life to the fullest, that will help you win. Jesus wants you to win in your marriage. And I'm not talking about the fight you had last night about how to fold laundry. I'm talking about the fact that Jesus wants you to have a healthy, life-giving and sacrificial marriage. Jesus wants you to win as a parent and raise children who are full of grace and love others the same way that Jesus loves them. Jesus wants you to win in your emotional, physical, and mental health. Jesus wants you to win when it comes to your finances and for you to experience freedom in that. Jesus wants you to win in your friendships so that you have a community that's full of encouragement and support. Jesus wants you to win in your faith so that in hard times you have hope. Jesus wants you to win. And this doesn't mean that life will be easy. Winning in your marriage means you're going to have some hard conversations. It means you're going to need humility. It might even mean that you need to go to counseling to work through past pain and baggage. Winning in your finances means making sacrifices. It means saying no to the things that don't truly matter so you can later say yes to the things that actually do. Winning includes struggling. Winning includes pain. Winning includes successes and failures because winning isn't easy. Jesus says in John 16, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. In Romans 5, Paul writes this, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with this love. And here's what these mean. Just because Jesus wants what is best for you, just because he wants you to live an abundant life, just because he wants you to win, doesn't mean there won't be trials. In fact, if you actually put into action what we talk about in this series, while you will grow and you will experience victory, there will also be losses along the way. There will be pain. There will be hard decisions. There will be days where you want to give up. But that doesn't mean that Jesus has abandoned you or doesn't care about you. It just means that life is hard. And like Paul wrote in Romans, if we persevere, if we push through, that will lead to endurance. Endurance that helps us when future pain comes. And that endurance leads to strength of character. And that brings confidence in our hope of salvation. And that hope doesn't leave us wanting because that hope comes from a God who loves us, even in our trials, even in our problems, even in our sorrows. But the only way that our pain, sorrows, trials, and problems can turn into hope is through our faith in Jesus. So here's the third thing I want you to write down today. Winning starts with Jesus. Here's what many of you realized at 12.01 a.m. on January 1st. 
nothing changed. Nothing changed. Getting to the end of your daily calendar, your phone switching from 2020 to 2021, stores touting new year, new you, didn't actually change anything. On the other side of New Year's is still a marriage that's struggling. You still need a job with more stability. You still have debt. You still have that secret that nobody knows about that affects you every single day. You still have that addiction that you're trying to take control of. You still have that pain, that brokenness, that fear. And that's why it starts with Jesus. Jesus is the only thing that can actually give you life to the fullest. An abundant life doesn't come from this world. It doesn't come from other people. It doesn't come from your career or the number in your bank account. It doesn't come from what you own, who you know, or yourself. It only comes from Jesus. So for some of you, you're looking at this year and you're praying that it doesn't end up like the rest. You're looking at this year and you're begging for it to be different. You're looking at this year and you're hoping for a fresh start, but the only place that can truly come from is Jesus. So that's where you have to start. Second Corinthians five says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone. A new life has begun. So if you are searching for a new year, new you moment, it's not going to come from anything other than Jesus. And if that's you, if that's what you want, if that's what you need, start off the year by taking the next step of putting your faith in Jesus and getting baptized. You see, baptism symbolizes the death and burial of our old selves and the raising up of our new lives. It's the death and burial of our sins. It's the death and burial of our past. Romans 6 says, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Galatians 3 says, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. And Colossians 2 says, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him, you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. And this is why we celebrate baptism at Collective. This is why it's so important to our church and our faith. Because we all need the opportunity to experience new life, and only Jesus can actually offer that. This is exactly why Paige made the decision just a few days ago to get baptized. Check this out. So Paige, repeat after me. Okay. Um, I believe. I believe. That Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the living God. The Son of the living God. My Lord. My Lord. My Savior. My Savior. So Paige, upon that profession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is really special for a few reasons. First, this is the first baptism inside of our new building. And the second is this. Paige started coming to Collective this fall. And part of the reason why was because she was looking for a fresh start in her faith. After years of struggling with church and Jesus and faith, she began searching to know if God was there. Some of you know what that feels like. And after this past year, which was really hard, she grew in her faith and now wants to show others that she has faith in God's plan. 
She wants to continue to turn away from anxiety and depression and fear of death and instead let go of her perceived control and allow God to lead her life. She doesn't want to be ashamed or embarrassed about her relationship with God and instead share it publicly with her peers to the decision to be baptized. It's a fresh start. It's a second chance. It's faith in Jesus. And if you are not a follower of Jesus, you've never said yes to the forgiveness that he offers. You've never accepted the grace that he promises. You've never taken off the old and put on the new. Please know that you are loved. But if you are struggling with shame, with regret, with guilt, and you want to be free from that, you want that weight removed, here's what you need to know. You can have a fresh start. You can win. You can have hope. You don't have to hold on to your past sins. You don't have to live with the shame and guilt of past mistakes. You don't have to avoid God because of how broken you are. But this all starts with Jesus and faith in him. It starts with trusting Jesus wants what is best for you and gave up his life so that you could actually experience that. Life to the fullest only comes through the sacrifice he made. So if you've never taken that step, that's where you start this year. Start with baptism. And if you are ready for that or just want to have a conversation about it, make sure to check off the baptism box on your connection card and we will call you this week. And if you are a follower of Jesus, if you've already made the decision to prioritize him, to trust him, to put your faith in him, these next few weeks are going to be so important to you as you take that trust that you already have and put it into action in areas of your life that you're hoping to improve this year. Jesus wants you to win. He wants you to grow and there's no better time to start than now. Let's pray. God, thank you so much um, for the opportunity to actually start new, for a fresh start. God, we long for that in so many aspects of our life. God, it's the reason why we look at January 1 so optimistically but most of the time we wake up and, and maybe we're excited the first day, but we get a few days into new, to new year and we realize nothing's changed. I'm still hurting. I'm still in pain. I still have relationships that aren't going the way that I want them to. I still financially am struggling. I still don't know what to do with my faith. And so God, even though a new year doesn't bring a new you and a new us, God, we're thankful that our faith in you and our choice to follow you and trust you actually brings that. God, that we can put to death the stuff in our life that we don't want to be important to us or take precedence. And we can be raised up in new life and new focus and new hope and new grace with you. God, as we set out this year and we want this year to be better, God, instead of waiting uh, for the vaccine or COVID to go away, um, God, instead of waiting for somebody else to move us, God, I pray that this week we really start to wrestle with what goals that we need to set so that we can have a better 2021. And God, ultimately how you want us to live this year so that we can have a better year than the last. And God, we're thankful that you give us that opportunity. God, we love you and we pray these things in your name. Amen.